0: Hi, Ryan. How are you? Hi,
1: Pam. Hi. Howdy. Octavia, I just had to jump up here and say congrats as I've been following you on LinkedIn.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. It's a lot of work.
1: <laughs> a lot of work. Of course, but well deserved, I'm sure. Okay, I'm going to hop down to the audience and can't wait to hear your story, Pam. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm sure I'll ask some questions of you when it's my time. <laughs> I hope so. I can't get myself back to the audience If if you can put, I'll I'll take care of it.
2: Yeah. Octavia, can you hear me? Okay. I can. You're coming in. Great.
3: Okay. I'm trying to get on my. So weird. It won't let me get on my headset.
2: So typically I have to, so if you have AirPods or like it's like
0: hardwired.
2: Oh, Yeah, I've always had problems with those. So I just use my Bluetooth.
0: I would love
3: to, I left it at home.
2: (laughs) Understood. Hey Lisa, hey
4: Katie. Hey, good evening. Hi, Pam, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Hi everyone,
0: I see we got all the ladies in the house tonight.
2: I see all the ladies are on time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What else is new?
3: (laughs) I just want everyone to know that I am in a Capitol Grill in Orlando at the HIMSS conference. And I literally asked them, I'm like, where can I go where it's quiet? And the hostess stand let me like invade their privacy. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm in a closet, so.
4: (laughs) Well, okay, I don't know if that's that awesome. (laughs) That's dedication, Pam. We appreciate that at the fireside chat.
3: You know what, anything for Tomas and you guys, like, it's interesting. You have to be in multiple places at once.
4: You know, you really do. You, I mean, it's, it's funny, you bring up a, a, a point right out of the gate of like how it is we're balancing now being back on the road and um, doing all of our responsibilities and representing our companies in the field slash, uh, you know, trying to do what we're, you know, collaboration. Nice to do. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's We're, right.
4: I guess you go sit in the hostess closet, though. Right. You do what you have to do. That's right. I love
3: it. I'll talk about that a little bit tonight.
5: Hello, hello, hello. How's everybody doing this evening?
3: Hi, friend.
5: Sorry that I'm uh, running up on the uh, on the time period. And I'm, if I'm on time, I'm late. So sorry that I'm late. Uh, but it's Yeah, you're late. I'm... We
2: already talked about you, Tomás, no problem. <laughs>
5: Hey, look! I when I tell you, I literally just ran in the door. I, I literally just ran in the door. Um, so I, I'm 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 happy that you all here, and I'm happy that you all talked about me, and I'll be able to hopefully listen to the replay. Uh, but, anyways, it's great to have you here, Pam, and it's great to uh, it's great to be here with, with the esteemed colleagues of uh, moderators, with Octavia, Lisa, Beth, Katie, and Russell. Uh, so, how's everybody doing this evening? You know, you guys already did Hi. all of that.
0: I guess. Did no, all we are <laughs> do good.
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not sitting in a in a hostess uh, closet. I'm sitting in the in my own home. I mean, I'm not making the big sacrifice that Pam is doing for us tonight.
5: So, wow. Tomas, okay. uh, yes, I, I hear. Hate-
4: it's not a sacrifice. Um, I'm at the Hims conference,
3: which is a healthcare conference, and um, I was meeting, meeting with a client and at the capitol grill in orlando so don't make fun of me i had to find a quiet place so that i could be in two
2: places at once because you are important to me
5: well i think
2: i I think we have a theme like we had one person at the dealership right or like at a at a getting his oil change it was taking up the uh the office and now we have pam in the closet
5: Well, look, I, I just wrapped. I just wrapped my other call, so I am, I am all ears and ready to go. So uh, why don't we, why don't we get the show on the road? If you guys are 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 willing to entertain me to do uh, the quick opening, unless you already did it, Octavio or, or Lisa Beth, did you already do the opening? We did not. All right. So away. why don't we? why don't we jump right in so Pam thank you for joining us this evening Uh, for those of you in the audience uh, if it's your first time here we do this every Wednesday 8 p.m eastern time we're going to ask Pam questions for about 30 to 40 minutes or so depends on uh, it depends on uh, it really depends on on how the questions sort of flow Uh, there's no for those who who are not used to being in the hot seat uh, there's no pre-canned questions that we ship over uh, beforehand, so it really goes on the flow of the conversation and where the conversation goes this evening. Pam's in at Hism, Is it, I think she said Hism, right? Or was it Hims? Hism, uh, one of the conferences, the healthcare conference. Is it Hism, Hims, okay, Hims, right. okay. Um, so, uh, so we do appreciate her taking time out of her busy schedule to sort of uh, uh, chat with us uh, and and tell us about her story and journey. So, look as we uh, get into the this evening. Just wanna go over a few quick uh, sort of guardrails for, for this evening, right? So one, let's have fun. Uh, let's have a really good evening this, th- today. Uh, it's the middle of the week. We've had a stressful week or we we're still working through our stressful week or some of us are still working through specific items. This is the fun time. This is a time that we're gonna have to really have a great conversation, really sort of loosen up if you will, and, and, and relax a bit, right? Let your hair down. Uh, right, Russell, we'll let our hair down a, a little bit. Um, the uh the there's a little greenhouse on the top left of your screen right next to where it says fireside chat if you're not a member of a fireside chat please click that little greenhouse that monopoly house and you can join our our sort of group here uh the other thing that we usually like to say is if you are a vendor in the audience and you do pop up on stage and you want to ask a question which we encourage uh we encourage the great questions and the great dialogue and i know pam is part of cisco and she is a tech the gear vendor we're not here to talk about cisco to that extent uh hopefully the cisco people in the audience don't get mad at me about that but we're really here to learn about pam and her journey right how does she get to where she is today that sort of background that she has and that that wealth of knowledge that she's acquired throughout the years which i think and, and most of us think is more valuable than what she's actually doing in her current role to a certain extent and then we'll get into her current role and what she's doing there uh, which is which is equally valuable uh, but but if you are a vendor in the audience and you do pop up on stage we ask that you please you know don't sell us on your product your solution or anything great that you have going on you know in your sort of uh, work life this is not the right form for that uh, this is really to get to know pam on a little bit uh, different level uh to, to understand more about her uh and then the last comment i'll say for some of us uh, our comments and opinions are our own and do not represent our current or prior employer. Uh, So we ask that you please respect that. So without further ado, I'm just gonna go around the room. Pam, we'll leave you for last. Uh, I I will introduce myself and then uh, Pam, will leave you to introduce yourself last. So I'm Tomas Maldonado. I'm the CISO at the National Football League. Octavia, Octavia, over to you. Thanks Tomas.
2: I'm Octavia Howell. I'm the CISO at Equifax Canada. Over to you, Lisa. Uh, Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) My name is Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. I am a uh, CEO of a compliance, ethics, and corporate governance consulting firm called Lumen Worldwide Endeavors. I teach law school in the United States and Europe, and I wrote a book not too long ago. Uh, With that, I'm going to turn it over to Katie.
4: Hi, good afternoon, good evening, Uh, good morning if you're in Australia. Um, I'm Katie Hanahan, sorry, I just came from another room where half the people from Australia. I don't think we have a lot of Aussies in the room tonight, but um, welcome, uh, Pam, so happy to have you here tonight. Um, so I am the uh, Vice President and uh, Cybersecurity Strategist for a small boutique um, SI out of Chicago, um, also a VCSo and run our VCSo program.
6: Over to you, Russell. Thank you, Katie. Uh, so great to be here. Hey, Russell Eubanks, great to be here. Um, I've been running my own security consulting company the last two years called Security Ever After. Before that, I was privileged to be the CISO and the CIO at the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Just love having uh, experiences like this. And Pam, really looking forward to learning from you, being inspired from you, and being a better leader because of you. But Tomas, back over to you.
5: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Mods. I do see a lot of new folks in the audience. You got that little uh, celebration or party hat. Uh, so, welcome, welcome to Clubhouse and welcome to our weekly fireside chat. So, look, we've been, you know, we've we've mentioned Pam several times. Uh, Pam, why don't you give us a moment and, and just t- or take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience this evening?
3: Thank you, Tomas. First and foremost, I'm a friend of Tomas's. I can tell you we met recently, last fall, and I was incredibly inspired by his leadership and just his candor about the needs of security. And that goes to my heart, um, straight to my heart. So I am, first and foremost, I'm a mother of a four-year-old and a wife of a man who supports me in a way in which, if if any of you out there understand the power of a partnership. Um, I have the best partner in the world. He allows me to do what I do every day, which is inspire security professionals to come to the table and to solve this incredibly hard problem that we're all up against every day. And Tomas, I loved your entrance when you said that we're all halfway through the week and it's probably tough, right? And what I can say about that is I know who I am. Um, I'm a 50-year-old woman with a four-year-old child, and it hasn't always been the case where I've known myself. But I know who I am, and I can tell you that I've been at Cisco for seven months, but I have a long-standing career in information technology. And what that means is I've sat in the seat of an enterprise service provider uh, for mainframe services, server support, desktop support, and I know all about MTTR, um, mean time to response, mean time to repair. I know about crit sets, being on call 24/7 um, for 15 years. Uh, I moved into the software development side of the house, where I literally. Managed a team of my peers and we built web services for a bank and When I say we built it we introduced it. We were we were extraordinary engineering groups that brought in Soa um, software as a service and built it um, from the ground up so during that time, I was exposed to security professionals and infrastructure people again. And then I went into infrastructure services, um, helping manage large infrastructure contracts. Um, you know, if you think about the big partners um, of Fortune, Fortune 50 companies like IBM and Dell and, and others, Verizon, Xerox, all of those, building those contract governance models and making sure that we were receiving the deliverables that we were um, paying for that's the type of work that I built as well as you know software development services overseas in our in our India and our Philippine um, counterparts and building that out making contracts work making software development Um, something that everybody could afford so with that experience I ventured over into the security side of the house and I will tell you I did it kicking and screaming (laughs) I had no certifications and no formal training in security I understood what security meant I understood as an individual what privacy meant to me And I was coerced to move into security and I was very well set up um, with a very deep technical team that balanced me out. They afforded my leadership to build out the organization. They believed in me and I learned from them as much as they learned from me. And so it was a very symbiotic relationship when I started out in the security space. Uh, I talk to a lot of young individuals about security um, who are afraid to move into the security space. I can tell you cyber can be spooky. It can be theatrics, but I can tell you it's logic. It's problem solving. It is um, a deep connection with how technology can be detrimental to your life and understanding what the impact is, what the risk is to individuals and organizations. And so I just brought my leadership skills to bear and was very successful in building a team and moving around in the various different domains within security. Um, I, I call myself fortunate because I've always been surrounded by very talented and smart individuals. And I am very grateful to have those people in my life that have helped me stand up in security. So um, that's my story. Um, I I can tell you that the people that I work with today are, are, are very influential in the space and I moved out of a practitioner role into I guess the vendor role, um, as you would call it, um, to bring my experience into an organization that could really help solve the problem from a practitioner perspective and really help elevate the CISO message inside of Cisco. So that's really what I'm doing is I talk to CISOs all over the globe and um, I mentor young individuals, uh, mostly female, Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shortcut what my mission in life is. It is to help women get out of their own way and to really be the best that they can be, um, to really set aside fear, to set aside the realities of the world and make sure that they understand what they have to sacrifice if they want a career. And I will tell you, there are sacrifices. Um, And I, I just, I am I'm, I'm so grateful to be here talking to you today and answer your questions. So Tomas, I'm
5: ready. Sounds good, Pam. And th- thank you for that. Thank you for that sort of, uh, um, I'll call it intro- introduction uh, on you. Um, you know, I. When we met, I had a pleasure sort of meeting meeting you and spending time chatting with you and, you know, um, working through different sort of scenarios that we were working through from a business standpoint um, down in California. So great, great times. Pam, I always like asking this question and, and you touched upon, I'll say you touched upon a good portion of the current Pam. But let's go a little bit back and let's talk about that origin story. You know, I I always say that there's, there's something about us security people or just technology people in general, right, that makes us somewhat superheroes. Tell us a little bit more about your origin story. Like you know, go back before you before you had kids, and and you know when you were younger, Pam, sort of uh, finding your way, navigating your early stages of of, of life, or, or or high school, or college, or you know, some portion of your of of your early stages of your life that sort of help guide you and motivate you in the direction that you are in today. Tell us a little bit more about that.
3: I love that question, Tomas. Um... I recently uh, listened to the book by Will Smith and it resonated with me so much about the fact that he was innately in tune and very self-aware and at a very young age, I paid attention and I listened and I can tell you that my curiosity has served me well within my career and not only curiosity curiosity but it was more curiosity blended with a work ethic that you know when you're young you you have an expectation of things and you you do not have world experiences that that bring you an intuition and an experience that help you solve problems and so I can tell you that my curiosity and my eagerness to learn and listen to everyone around me um, was very influential for my career. If, if you think about what leadership is all about, it's really not about leading. It's a, a lot about listening to what people want and what they need and really trying to find a win-win situation for everyone involved. And so for me, just being around a lot of smart people and teaching me lessons very early, I can tell you, um, I learned to write an email very early on by my first leader that basically redlined every email I sent (laughs) before it went out. And I thought it was a little bit um, of a control freak, if you want to know the truth. (laughs) But what he taught me was to take emotion out of my decision making process and to really just rely on facts and artifacts of the situation, and so it served me well in my career in terms of listening to those life lessons early on. I can also tell you that um, listening can be difficult. Um, I recently talked to um, some CISOs in a round table and we were talking about perspective. I've literally held the position in infrastructure in application development and in security and where you sit is where you stand. And a lot of security professionals really need to take a hard look at what the outcomes for application developers, the feature functions, and what infrastructure, keeping up time, um, things running, you know, ninety-nine point I don't know how many nines, I think nine nines. What all those perspectives bring to bear and work together to solve the problems together. So. I think listening and the work ethic and just paying attention, being self-aware, and really being patient to what was going to come next. I think a lot of what we think should happen sometimes is not what does happen, and that's okay. Um, and failing, um, Tomas, I, I don't know if you've had experience in your career, but my failures have taught me great lessons that I can tell you have (laughs) really made an impression on me and have served me well in terms of situations and given me that self-awareness and situational awareness to handle things that quite frankly, just would not have, um, have, have mattered any other way. Um, just, just experience.
5: I I, I quote those failures, opportunities to learn a different direction to to take. Um, so, Great, good stuff. Octavia, I'll pass it over to
2: you. Thanks, Hamas. Pam, you had a great story and, you know, you have a great background as well. One of the things that I noticed in kind of reviewing your profile is you've done something that a lot of people um, have tried to do and you've been successful in it. And I want you to talk a little bit like I noticed that you did not start your career in cybersecurity or in network security or in technology Well, you start on the sales side or like at my mother used to work at nation's bank and when it was NCB, the nation's bank then bank of america so i noticed that's where you started and i just want to i want you to speak to if you could your pivot or your shift right because i don't believe in the pivot into security but can you tell us a little bit about your journey and your um your shift into security and what you brought with that
3: I look I I can try Octavia um you know I, I'll I'll tell you I have a communications degree and my first job out of college was purely to pay the bills <laughs>
2: um,
3: and I've had women tell me um, men tell me that I would never make more than fifteen dollars an hour <laughs> I've had people tell me that I smile too much I've had people tell me that I'm not this or not that, but my first role out of college, out of a communications degree, and and I worked my way through college actually. Um, I started at North Georgia College. It was a private college. It was very expensive. Life got in the way. Um, I had planned to go to Georgia Tech, Um, but again, you do what you have to do to make ends meet. And so I went to Kennesaw State University. Uh, It was not a university at the time. I held four jobs. I anything that paid a stipend, I would take advantage of. I had a 30 hour a week position. I think I was a waitress, a hostess, you name it. I I worked and I I worked towards the president's list every every quarter. We were quarters back then. It's been a long time. So I'm I managed to move into a company that I was actually if you if you want to just call it what it is, it was a receptionist, a sales assistant. I was the first person that you saw when you walked in the door and I had a pleasant smile and a pleasant demeanor on my face and people liked me. They talked to me and they taught me and I listened and I worked my way into a position working for the Nations Bank account, the second largest account within three months of of attaining that job what that meant for me is it gave me an opportunity to learn and so i used my work ethic and i put my fingers to the grindstone i had an intern i think i was 23 years old and i had an 18 year old intern and i would get frustrated with the people around me um, because they weren't working as hard as i was and i held everyone to a high high standard, and I had an intern that once told me, she was 18 years old, and she literally said to me, hey, Pam, don't get so frustrated. That leaves that much room for you and I to be that more successful in life. And I, I, she took me aback, you know, and she told me exactly what I needed to hear at the time, and we were, she was right. You know, you work hard and you have high expectations, but you do what you have to do. So I really just worked my way into IT, Octavia. I had no experience and I will tell you that um, a man gave me my opportunity. I've had a lot of male allies in my career and I've told a lot of young women, look at the opportunity in front of you and if there's a crack in the door, kick it open. Do what you have to do to make your make your way, work hard, prove yourself and you will be rewarded. And I am living proof of that.
2: I love that. I love that, Pam. And it also speaks to like that generational tie. Right. It's like someone who's younger than you can also give, give you advice and mentor you in the moment. Right. For, for specific um, things that you need. So I love that. Um, And and it just goes back to, you know, your your tenacity. Lisa Beth, I'll turn it over to you. Thanks so much. Um, Pam,
0: it's great to have you here tonight. Um, And I I love all the topics that you're talking about. They are near and dear to my heart. So my question for you is, um, how have you changed over time with the different relationships? You said that you've got, you know, the, the most supportive partner in the world, and I agree having a supportive partner is phenomenal i, I am I am lucky in that way as well. Um, how did those relationships help you in your career? What did you learn from being you know a, a, a mother, a spouse, a daughter how have have those moments shaped you as you've moved through your career?
3: Wow, I'm I'm getting some hard hitting ones. <laughs> um, I can tell you, Lisa, um, I haven't always been good to my female community, and I, I can say without without any pretense that I had a phenomenal group of women around me that I did not foster. I did not invest. I was um, a business businesswoman first and foremost, and sometimes that meant that my relationships with women fell by the wayside, and I I am regretful for that. I had a lot of help in the IT community to. Um, foster my uh, skill sets, if you will. I learned on the job. Um, I was a very logical thinker, so I think that enabled me to move very quickly inside of the IT world. Um, I can also tell you that I have a, a way about compartmentalizing things that voted well for me in leadership in terms of just looking at the facts and making very swift decisions that were what my husband says 99% of the time I'm right and it just drives him crazy. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> but I can tell you that when I, when I realized um, that relationships matter, and that I had not given back to my female community, I made a shift, a very deliberate shift. I had a very wise executive coach that gave me an outline and helped me build a mission and an action plan to give back to my female community. And I can tell you if you're a young female in this business and you need a mentor, I can either help you find one or point you in the right direction or, or, or assist. The, the one thing about that is that my current husband was very kind in holding up a mirror in front of me and helping me see where I needed to be a more present family member, whether it was a sister, A a daughter, a cousin, an aunt, and and that's really hard to say out loud. Um, But it's it's true for us, Lisa. We have to make decisions, and so I made a decision to adopt a baby boy with my husband, and I had to decide to sit still for about three years. And so when you go through that process and you have people around you who support you, it gives you the strength that you need to make decisions, to say no to the things that you need to say no to. Um, And I had a really brilliant mentor that explained to me that I could do anything I wanted, just not all at the same time. And so as a mother, I make some sacrifices. I have to decide when I'm going to take my kid to school, when I'm going to pick my kid up, when I'm going to be a part of the um, the fun stuff in our life, and when I'm going to have to work. And those are things that we negotiate um, continuously. And I would I would tell any woman that's considering going into the IT space, you will have to make sacrifices, and you have to decide for yourself, and you have to have those people around you. Um, I call them personal board of directors to help guide you in what's right for your situation, and not everyone's situation is the same. So um, it's just a lot about listening to others, having you know talent around you that can tell you the truth and that you will listen to so that you can make those decisions when they come up and and they're decisions for people in your life that you love and i think
0: that's what it's all about thank you for sharing that i i, I felt that on many different levels so um uh, i'm so glad that you you were able to 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 share it with us and um, be part of this conversation tonight, Katie. I think it's up to you next.
4: Yes, it is. Uh, it is me next. Hi, Pam. Um, wow, you shared a lot, and uh, I just want to I want to thank you for your uh, transparency and vulnerability, which I think is a is a big deal for anyone in any community, let alone a a female in our community, right? Um. I'm really, you know, uh, curious though. Um because I love where you're going with like you're here now for the female community having just said that you weren't always good to the female community and I honestly I wonder if that's even true. A lot of us beat up on ourselves for not being there for other women when maybe we were. I don't I don't know. I just I'm trying to, you know, but when you look at things like that, I just I'm really inspired by your transparency and I'm really re- inspired by the fact that you're uh, in a position where you said you looked in the mirror and you said you had to see what you had to see in the mirror to make these really you know large changes in your career and be an example then for other uh, women in the industry. Would you mind going into a little bit, like what did you see? What were the changes more tactically that you felt you wanted to make at that moment um, when you decided to sit still, when you decided to look in the mirror and see and become more present? I just thought that was very inspiring.
3: You know, um, I, th- I think, I think, you know, we all have obstacles in our life. I've, I've been through a very traumatic, um, breach. Um, I've been through, um, career changes. I've moved to cities where I've never known. I, I did not know anyone in the city at the time. Um, I can tell you that I, thrive on adventure um, I have written down what my most valuable things in life are uh, my family uh, my friends uh, my s- spirituality my um, freedom and when I say freedom I, I it, it's pretty broad um, but it It took a lot of work. I I think I mentioned my age. I'm I'm 50 years old, so I've had some time to reflect on relationships that ended poorly, on relationships that were valuable at the time but uh, no longer served me or the person, the other person that was in them. And I and I think that that's a lot about. I think it's why I'm very successful in security is because I'm not always focused on one specific area is I I try to raise myself up and look at the broader picture. And I've had people around me that have told me about my intuition and what I can see in the future. And that I think boded well for me in my career is being able to kind of lift up and see, what exactly i needed to work on whether it was you know my department whether it was the resources that worked for me um, how we needed to work together if i was a being a poor manager at the time a poor leader and i've made a lot of mistakes a a ton uh, of mistakes in leadership but just being able to recognize that and to take it with me to um, future situations and to help advise in that respect. But really just looking at what people tell me and listening to them and opening opening myself up to constructive criticism um, and, and being able to take that power and use it for self-improvement. I am my own worst critique. I think that I am very hard on myself. I think I the mistakes I've made in my life I will carry into my grave. Um, I think that when I look at my husband and my son I think about all the things that I could be doing for them. I think about the team that I'm on today. I think about all the things that I'm disappointing them. Um, I rarely think about how my experience is helping others and I, and I feel it in moments um I'm not that detrimental to myself, but I just listen to both sides and you know the good, the bad the ugly, and I carry that in and I do have situational awareness and i i I'm not perfect i <laughs> I have been um around plenty of people that have told me I'm not perfect. (laughs) I think we all have, but it's, um, I think if you wanna be a constant learner, you have to really consider what other people are telling you and you really have to listen to perspectives. And And I think that's what I bring to bear into the IT community is just that perspective, the application development side, the infrastructure side and the security side and how we all work together, how we all solve this complicated problem together i mean we're all being held accountable for it so why not solve it you know in unity so i I don't know if i answered (laughs) your question but i i just think it's lessons learned um through life
4: no you absolutely did and i i think that the uh thing that i really appreciate is just your your vulnerability there too and just saying hey you know this is where we um all kind of meet meet together um and uh, uh you know i always say failing forward or whatever anyone wants to call it but kind of into the and that's why i love this room is that we kind of create this community where we can talk to each other so yeah thank you pam i really appreciated that answer uh russell over to you
6: thanks katie and pam wow um so so amazing the, the 36 minutes or so you share with us It just been uh, profound. hymns uh, used to do a lot of healthcare things and so know exactly what you're doing and the massive environment you're at. So thanks for stepping away from that. And <laughs> I'm not that far geographically from Kennesaw State. Uh, and oh, nice. you working four jobs and just all these things. It's like, wow, how, how have I not known you before tonight? <laughs> While being grateful uh, to get to know you tonight. Uh, my question is, well, I think about 40 questions, but my, my question I want to ask, you've talked about being an advocate for women in cyber. And you talked about some things and, and certainly as uh, my wife, my daughter, I'm thinking of, you know, advocate for them. What can I, or what can we as males, what, whether we're listening live or on the recording, what can we do that's maybe something we don't know to do that we can be a better and more, um, uh, intentional advocate for, for women in cyber, do, do you have a, something that, uh, it'll take away from me, a little nugget for me, uh, in that area? You
3: know it. I get asked that question a lot, um, Russell, and I thank you for that. Um, we'll have to meet up when I'm back in Atlanta. the The, the thing I would say, and I, I learned this from my husband. He he told me about. He was a a karate teacher for years. He was director of a karate school and he was working himself through college as well after the Navy. Um, but he, he told me that there was this, these two children in the class and they were very respectful. They were very, um, they were just good kids. Right. And he went up to the parents one night and he said, why are they such good? Like, what is your secret? Like what what do you do? And the mom thought about it for a minute, and what she said to him, I will never forget. She said, just be there, just care. And I can tell you that I've been through workshops, I've been through culture exercises, I've been through everything. And the one sentiment that I take away from all of those is that you have to care. Like, we're all trying to solve the same type of problems, right? And your daughters just want you to be there for them, whether or not they're saying it. They just want you to be their father and to catch them when they fall and to tell them that everything's gonna be okay. Right? Um, and and I think it's hard for men right now. We're, and I think it's, it, you know, the conversation is tough. And I, I, I try to tell everyone I meet, I have had, I've, I've had good and I've had bad experiences. We've all been through certain you know, circumstances in our lives and we all just want to do a great job, right? And we just all want that support. So I would just say care and support them. Be there when they need a shoulder to cry on. Be there when they need their dad to listen, you know? Um, it certainly, it, it, it spoke volumes to me when I heard that story. And um, open, you. Open, the, that, open up uh, your network, you yeah. know, like <laughs> that doesn't hurt either.
6: <laughs> three, three great steps. Uh, Pam, thank you. Uh, I sincerely uh, appreciate it. And as I'm sure others um, in this room do as well. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, Tomas, where do we go next? Is it time for a reset or maybe go to David or t- I'll throw it over to you, Tomas?
5: Yeah, no, us. look, it's it's a uh, no, no, you're fine, Russell. Don't worry about it. It's uh, it's been a great conversation,
6: and, and
5: Pam, you know, we we've got a little back chat going on, and and you know, all I see is uh, heart emojis and, and and sort of uh, embracement of, of of you, and and thank you for sort of your candor, um, and you know. Man, I, I'm, I'm at a loss of words, and, and, and that's not usually like me, for those who know me. So what like I us. will say, look, what I will say is um, uh, it is 8.41 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so it is around that time where we usually open up for the audience to pop up on stage and ask questions. So for those who, who are new, because there are a few new f- folks in the room, uh, if you don't know how to use the, uh, how to jump up on stage, there's a little hand. Uh, that you'll see on your screen if you want to sort of press that hand that's you raising your hand we'll bring you up on stage and and then once you jump on stage we'll ask that you just hit the mute button if not we'll mute you until it's your turn to speak uh, and then you can ask a question of, of Pam or, or contribute to the conversation uh in, in any way that you would like uh without uh before we get to, over to Ryan I do want to uh, give uh, our other resident moderator uh, David Cass an opportunity to sort of uh uh, jump into the conversation if, if you like, or at the very least, David, just introduce yourself. If you want to jump in with a question, go ahead. If not, we'll we'll let you get settled and then we'll go to Ryan. Uh, thanks, Tomas. We, we can definitely open it up for questions. Happy happy to be joining you guys. I saw the chats going on while I was finishing up work. I'm like, man, I got to join the call. Uh, so David Kass, uh, senior partner, in law and forensics, longtime TSO, uh, former federal appointee, but you know, always, always happy to join these conversations. And from the the chats that were going on, I'm like, oh my god, I got to finish my work so I can join. But Yeah, so I'm uh, a little bit too late to the dance for any questions, so I'll uh, hand it back to you. No, sounds good. Sounds good. So look, this is our weekly fireside chat. We're going to run to about 9.30 p.m. Eastern time to be respectful of everybody's time. Uh, So if you do have a question or something burning that you want to ask and you you don't want to jump off our stage, you can use the chat uh, because there is a room chat. And if you do want to jump up our stage, again, raise your hand. We'll bring you up. Uh, if you're not following our Fireside Chat, there's a little green Monopoly house on the top left of your screen right next to it says Fireside Chat. Click that, and you can follow the uh, club and see who we have uh, up com- coming up next week. Uh, but we do this every single Wednesday. And, Pam, this is we, – last week we celebrated our one-year anniversary. Uh, hard to believe that we've been at this for one full year. So you are guest number what do we said? Fifty four, I believe, right? Because uh, I think we have fifty three, something like it. that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. no. So, thank you, thank you for uh, thank you for accepting uh, the invitation uh, to sort of uh, join us on stage and, and in the hot seat, as we like to call it. All right. So, without further ado, Ryan. Thanks for popping up on stage. Anything you want to ask, uh, Pam?
1: Thanks, Tomas. Hey, everybody. Um, hi, Pam. Nice to meet you. Uh, I think I've seen you here once or twice, you know, as a, a listener to see what it'd be like. So just happy to finally hear your story. Um, and, you know, I think uh, probably pretty early on when you were telling your story, you were saying how you're passionate about trying to help women get out of their way. And I'm just curious if, you know, I'm sure it sounds like you might be speaking from experience and would just wanna know if you can maybe maybe talk more about like how you, if you did, were standing in your way, in your own way, or how you kind of realized that that's something, I mean, women or, or people do and how, again, how you realize that, how you overcame it. And like, if you think that that's kind of like a one-time deal, like, hey, we, we do that and we realize it and we stop or, you know, throughout our career, do you find that every now and then maybe there's some sort of, um, you know, way that we stand in our own way or I don't want to say self-sabotage, but right, like just kind of whatever that is, if it's imposter syndrome, whatever that is, like, how do we, you know, how do you keep championing through it? And what advice would you give on that? And then just going to throw this out there. You know, I kind of feel inspired from maybe two months ago, we had someone up and they had some people that worked with them previously and they had had someone share a story or two. So I think I saw some newbies and in the club and would love to just maybe invite some people if they have a great story. I mean, sounds like you've been a great leader and a great mentor and just thinking out loud. So hope that's not too much. Looking forward to to your answer.
3: I don't think that's too much. Um, um, The getting out of our own way. um, (laughs) That's definitely from experience. That is self-doubt. That is the chirping in your head that you hear incessantly. Um, You know, imposter syndrome is something that's not really something I relate to, Um, so I'll try to answer that in a minute. But the one thing that I can say about helping women get out of their own way is that we build these stories in our heads, men and women alike. Uh, And the reason I'm focused on women is we definitely need women to step into the stem world. We we need more diversity in this space. And I was talking to someone today about that and I was so grateful that they were in line with my thinking that diversity in thought and in, in problem solving will help us find solutions faster and more applicable and with less conflict in my mind um, conflict can mean a lot of things but I, I just think that bringing diversity to bear is important and I am a female and so the reason I chose helping other women is because one I wasn't fostering those relationships with, and and women were fostering them with me and I felt guilty without for lack of better um, terminology the the one thing i can say about what that looks like is it it can be anything it i i had a young woman that didn't want to apply to a job when i literally told her apply for this job you are you you absolutely can fulfill this role we will teach you we we want young female minds in this position just go through the process And so helping her stop thinking that she would never be able to do it before she even tried is is an example of helping women get out of their own way. There are other examples of women that have children that, you know, talk about the fact that their children aren't listening to them, right? It has nothing to do with cyber um, or uh, information technology, but it's it's that in essence. Uh, Ryan, just being there for women, paying attention, making sure that they understand that they can, they, they have people, they have leaders in this role that they can look up to. And I know them, I, I'm around them all the time, um, whether it's, you know, a diverse male candidate, I mean, whether it's a female, whether it's a diverse female, there are examples all around us. And, and just making sure that young women see it and they know that it is possible. And yes, they can they can absolutely have a family. <laughs> they can absolutely have a career. Um, and it's just walking through those scenarios with, with individuals that need help processing it and talking through it. So that's the best way that I can tr- describe it, Ryan. And I can tell you I was asked by a very, very smart um, I, I respect her immensely she interviewed me and she asked me that one question she said have you had do you, you know?" she asked me off the record actually um, have you experienced imposter syndrome and my answer was no um, I can tell you I've been around a lot of people in my life and My parents told me at a very young age I could do anything I wanted. I just had to work hard for it. And I had to really, sometimes as females, sometimes as minorities, we have to work harder. And that's what I did. I worked harder. And I just, I I really didn't think I couldn't do it. Um, I really didn't think that I was an imposter. There are times where I doubt myself. There are many times I doubt myself. but imposter, not really. Um, I've just never really felt that. And, and that's a topic that comes up a lot and I wish we could just dispel it. Um, (laughs) I wish we could just take that out of our vocabulary because I think it's doing us a disservice if you want to know the truth. Um, that's my personal opinion. My very personal opinion is it's holding us back. So get rid of it.
5: it's holding me back is trying to find a mute but it's unmute. mute sorry sorry october thanks for that ryan uh and, and thanks thanks pam wow this is man so much here so much here i, I jennifer over to you anything you want to ask pam
7: hey tomas hi everybody thanks so much hi pam so nice to uh, virtually meet you and i'm i'm enjoying um you're telling your story um uh, one comment, and I'm gonna ask a question. Comment is on imposter syndrome. I think people might define it differently, um, and I heard a great definition recently, which is just that we feel like other. Obviously, it's that we we feel like other people know more than we do. Not that we're not qualified to do it, but that they know more. When actually, once you realize nobody knows more, or we all know it differently, um, that that can be, you know, much more um, uh, comforting or you know stabilizing. But um, hearing you. Your, you know, the tone of your voice, in addition to the way you're um, giving your stories, the tone of the voice just sounds very like heartfelt. You sound very heartfelt and authentic. And um, and I was talking to someone this morning about this, like things that we don't admit, we don't admit to ourselves, like we're plowing forward, or we don't think um, there's there's things that we just don't want to admit out loud because they, it might make us weaker, or um, I don't know, just feel weaker, or seem something, and so to admit. To say out loud in a room you know i was not great to people like to my mentees or to people around me um and to say that how do you feel about like how is bringing that like not only the realization for yourself but starting to say it um out loud to people how has that feel to you or has has that changed you
3: um so first of all i like your definition of imposter syndrome because i don't I don't feel like I'm not a know-it-all. And quite frankly, um, I don't, you know, if you think you're a know-it-all, then you you need to check yourself because (laughs) you can totally learn something from everyone. I truly believe in that and maybe that's why I just don't understand the imposter syndrome conversation. Um, And forgive me for that. Like I, I, I just believe it's like, you know, don't let conversation, I, I listen, I, I, I talked to a young lady uh, two days ago and I just, I saw an interaction and I basically t- stayed back and told the young woman, I'm like, don't let anybody tell you who you are. You figure out who you are and have, have your board of directors, have people that tell you the truth. Get a family member, get a friend. Talk about you know your strengths, your weaknesses, and what you can do about it, and focus on your strengths, and move through this world with grace and love. And you know, <laughs> it conquers all. I'm living proof of it. Um, I'm not the I, I'm not the smartest person in the room. When I'm the smartest person in the room, it scares me to death. Like I, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. But I'm constantly looking to learn from others. I'm. I'm I'm looking to read about um, different cultures. I love experiencing new cultures. I love immersing myself in um, new cultures and and how people think differently. I think it's important. So, forgive me if I if 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 I offended anyone or I wasn't really eloquent about that description. Um, but I I think your question's relevant for all of us, Jennifer. Like, how do you? I, I'm just going to say it. I, I think it, it came with age for me. Um, the looking yourself in the mirror, the really thinking about what matters to you. Um, I, I think the, the most important thing to me is, uh, I guess it was about six years ago, someone asked me to write down what was important in my life and I have those five things, you know, and I think about them. And if those things aren't a part of my life or my work, you know, if I'm not doing things for those five values, those core values, I really have to think about it um, and make decisions. So it's it's not easy, um, and I don't get it right every time, but um, I do try. I think we all should. It's similar to like building teams and building a security program. And to just take this back to the information security world is, you know, we're always looking at defense in depth. We're always looking at what controls matter. We're always on the defensive. And we're always taught talk- like, that's why I love ISACs and sharing information. That's why I love my current role is sharing what works in different industries and what we're actually, what's actually making a difference. Um, that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, the security world is. I want to fight back. I want to be a part of the solution. I want to. I want to be there for my industry, and I want to give back. So, yeah, you, you have to find what what moves you, what you're passionate about, and and I think it's easier to kind of look in the mirror when when you do that. It also comes, um, Jennifer, with with leaders that tell you <laughs> the truth. <laughs> And, and that you can really sit with constructive criticism. Like you can really listen to people and, and think about, yeah, I could I could have done that differently. Um, maybe that wasn't the best call. Um, I've had I've had people around me for a long time that I'm like, do you think I did that right? And and they tell me the truth. You know, they're yeah, I probably would have done that differently if I were you. And and they give me examples. So it's just opening yourself up to that
7: constructive criticism.
8: Did that answer your question?
7: Yeah, thank you. And actually, yeah. And one one area I was going with that, I I I'm with you because we can't always perceive ourselves. Um, you know, we don't we we a lot of times are kind of blind to how others perceive us. But um, but also where I was going with that was also that um, just hearing you talk about this because I think it's tough stuff to realize in ourselves. And I I know there's points where I was um, really uh inadvertently rough on some people that part were part of our team and i didn't realize how my actions and behavior were affecting them they weren't directed at them and and it came out later but um but but also in that um when we have these vulnerabilities or we realize these things to to say it out loud later can be um instead of making us vulnerable or weak it actually is empowering because we realize that other people have you know, other people can come to us and go, oh my God, I have that same issue or, or fear or whatever, um, or, or experience, experience, you know, experience. And I'm so glad I'm not the only person that had this. And, I'm, you know, now we can look at how we all work through these things as we mature, as you say, as we you know, mature and, and get older and get these experiences. But yeah, so thank you. Thanks. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and, and I'll add to that. Like, what we do every day is complicated. It is hard. It is... You know, when I think about how you explain what you do every day in the, you know, information security or cyber world, people don't understand it. And you're, you know, sometimes you're running, you know, 24 seven for a long time. And, you, you know, it, it's difficult. It's, we're constantly fighting the good fight. And so, you know, when you're on call, when you've when you've been in IT for as long as I have, you have these ingrained, you know, philosophies in your, and, you know, values and, you know, principles that you carry with you. I think it's good for us to listen to the young people, to tell us like, oh, well, that was 30 years ago, Pam, and that's not how it is today. <laughs> I mean... That's why I think listening to everyone around you is super important. And I, I, you know, my experience is great. Um, I like to listen to young people because they have a different perspective and that perspective is real and it is valuable. So, you know, speaking up and speaking your mind and having a safe place to do so in this space, I believe is super important.
4: Pam, I think that's really great. This is Katie again. Um, if I could ask just another question, kind of follow up. I love what you said. You're fighting the good fight. It's hard, um, but what does fighting the good fight mean to you?
3: Fighting the threat actors that we're all fighting. Um, keeping our threat landscape, our our attack surface, you know, safe. Um, yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Um, I think but, managing get no
4: I didn't mean for you to have to go into detail of like how Cisco's Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean more like Oh no no no. I'm not talking about Cisco. Yeah, I'm talking the
3: about the security, security community as a yeah. Community as a whole. We're all right. fighting the same right. threat actors, you know? Like that's what I mean, fighting the good fight. Our space. Fighting them off. We'll, we're constantly fighting them off.
4: Yeah, no. And I think that what I was getting at, too, is, um, you know, kind of what the what's the thing in your belly like you clearly are like you have a fire for this um, as a profession. You stayed in it for a long time. Um, and um, yeah, just, you know, kind of what when you wake up in the morning, you think about when you go out and you consult with uh, CISOs from it sounds like a number of uh, global companies that are influencing the world. Um, you know, I just. Uh, I like to you know this this is a more laid back like what motivates you is it your son is it your family uh, life it, 100%. You know, it it's the future them.
3: for my son a 100 It's the future for the next generation it is the privacy um and you know i'm i do work for cisco this is but i will tell you privacy is important it is a human right and i believe in that i i I, I don't want people stealing my data. I think it's I don't want people holding others for ransom for money. It's like I, you know, it's like you know, it's 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 terrible what's happening. I, I'm I, I I'm just not I'm I'm not good with it, <laughs> and that's what that's what I'm working towards is a better world for my son and my family. You know, I, you know. Listen, I people don't know what I do. They, you know, my family, um, sometimes I try to describe it. I don't know if you do. (laughs) I'm sure everyone on this call is cyber. Try to explain it. I
4: I love that you said that too, because I think that uh, we all have to try to explain what we do with our our families. And um, I have a nine-year-old, I also have a 20 and a 17-year-old, and they've all been with me through the journey that I've gone through in this industry. So, yeah, I love that, you know, when you think about how you explain this to your son. And I thought that was a very beautiful answer, though, too, is why do you do this, you know, to make the world a better place? I think that's amazing. And I think it's a lot of what we do here, you know, and um, probably a good time to reset the room. Even <laughs> um, this is, you know, the, the fireside chat, which is you know, something we do every single Wednesday night, and it really is a place where we can, as you know, security professionals come together as a community and talk about the things that matter to us the most um, from a more personal perspective and understanding people's backgrounds, et cetera. So I thought I'd do a quick reset since we're already at eight o'clock, it's nine o'clock Eastern. Uh, Tomas, do you wanna do another quick question or two before I go back to the audience, to Lisa and Eve?
5: No, no, you're you're good, Katie. Go to let's okay, go to Lisa. Lisa.
4: You've been on the stage to ask your question.
8: Thank you. Hi, Pam. Um, I have two questions for you. Um, I love that you said we need more girls in STEM, and um, I, my, I have twins who are in fifth grade in elementary school, and the school is looking for um, speakers for basically a career day. So I was thinking of going and talking. Uh, I'm in a non-technical role, and uh, I, but I yeah, I love numbers. I'm a, I'm a operations business operations manager. So I'm great with numbers and I love science. Uh, in a previous life, I have a minor in physics. I just didn't pursue that as a career, but I love science, I love math. Um, but yet yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about trying to go talk to all these kids and not really sure what to say to them to get them excited. About STEM, so with that in mind, uh, you know, have you done anything like that, and, and you know what might you say to to elementary kids um, to get them excited about STEM? And then my second question was was a little simpler. Um, if you are following March Madness, who do you pick for the final two? <laughs>
3: That's it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So I'm gonna answer your second question first. Um, I love hockey. Um, my husband and I are hockey fans. We are season ticket holders to the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> Go Bolts! Um, I'm not following the bars, but Don't hate me. <laughs> so. Your pick is my pick. How about that?
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we're in the NFL room, so I probably should o- I was about to say it's okay, Pam. As long as you don't say you don't like football, you're fine. Listen,
3: I Tampa Bay Bucks. i I told Tomas, I'm like, I'm coming to LA. We are going but the LA Rams just killed us and I have nothing else to say about that. But yes.
5: I like all um, I like all thirty-two teams equally and I cheer them on <laughs> at the records state that
0: Tomas, you are amazing. I love it.
3: Um, I do not like all hockey. (laughs) Okay. So your question about how do you inspire, um, kids? So my son has, uh, every Christmas we buy him this Kiwi Co. If you don't know about it, there, there's like this box and it's like STEM related. Um, it, it, he loves it. He 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 absolutely. Loves, he's four years old. Um, so elementary kids. I I personally like to tell stories. I like to get them involved in things that they love. So I would probably reach into the teacher group and talk about like what they're excited about. Um, I, I talk to my son all the time about you know, going to the moon, being an astronaut, planes. He loves it, he absolutely loves it. And what it takes to do that, he loves the the mathematical games. I would make it fun and entertaining, but I would reach into the teacher community. I do not have an elementary student. I can get back to you on what I would do. that's one question I cannot answer. Maybe one of the audience members can help. No, I but I, would I just
2: relate to. That. I can help. I, I can help. I have an eleven-year-old, and also every time we would do the take your children to work day, I would actually plan the network security activities. So I would, if you like mathematics and you're into physics, like I would actually do an activity where they can you can have string. They can be routers. A router could go down. Um then they have to reroute, or you can do a cryptography um activity where they're like deciphering code or something like that. Give them an activity to do, and then you talk about how that relates to what you do and how they are already, you know, now you, you kind of crown them with being now a part of that profession. So you make it relatable and then you like you have them do the work, make it super fun. And then say, congratulations, you're now a part of the, you know, mathematics, physics, whatever you want to do, community, and now they're actually physicians or so they're mathematics or mathematicians or cyber um, professionals. The other thing, like,
3: this is, this is like, you know, um, business 101, know your audience, right? Like, <laughs> you know, whether you're talking to a business partner don't use security lingo, whether you're talking to a board member, definitely, you know, talk about it in layman's terms and how business outcomes matter and how it's affecting your business. You know, just know your audience.
0: So you're going to have to get to know those Sorry. elementary
7: school uh, no, kids.
5: We'll, we'll let her get back. I'm sure somebody interrupted it her. It looks like um, she's on mute.
3: There we go. Know your audience. That was... No, I- <laughs> Sorry, Tomas. Yeah,
5: somebody, somebody, somebody popped in. No, I, I figured somebody popped in to, to, to chat with you. So uh, if you're if you're good to talk, go right ahead. Yeah,
3: yeah. Somebody, like I, I'm literally in a closet. I should take a picture, send it to you, Tomas. But know your audience. Even elementary school, I would I would get to know who they are and what they're passionate about. You know, is it Legos? Is it you know what's the latest? Is it a game? Is you know talk through the game, like apply it to them. Build a story
8: around it. Great, thank you, Pam. Thank you, Octavia.
5: Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for popping up on stage and asking your question. I was just going to comment, uh, Pam. I, I remember those boxes. I don't know if they were called kiwi or kiwi uh, back when I, my my son is nineteen. So, uh, but I remember buying buying my son one of those boxes, and uh, he loved to uh, look at the box and put it on the side. Uh, he is not a technology person. He loves to play with his phone. He loves to play his games. But for some reason, he didn't want to follow in dad's footsteps.
3: How do I spell that? How uh, do I spell that? Go ahead. K-I-W-I-C-O. KiwiCo, I think is the company name? KiwiCo. Okay, great. Thanks.
5: Yeah, I'll talk about my son until he actually joins one of these clubhouse chats, and then I won't talk about him anymore. He is a lovely son. I know. We're awesome. we're
2: gonna my get him on. Awesome. Awesome. We're gonna
5: get him on, and we're <laughs> no, gonna make him talk about that. him. Say no, it to your face, with your that. chest. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with your chest. Oh, I will. I will. Uh, I will leave that alone. He is. He is about my height, and he uh, he, he likes to wrestle. So. Uh, interesting times for this old dad and his old back. But, uh, anyways, thank you, Lisa. Eve, over to you. Anything you want to ask uh, Pam?
9: Thank you, Tomas. Hi, everyone. Hi, Pam. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, I think you mentioned multiple times that you're very logical in like problem solving and the way you think, yet you do sound very conscious and intuitive in managing relationships, which I definitely appreciate. Um, So my question is, um, since you talked about being intentional in mentoring and networking, and I imagine you have, you know, different people reaching out to you, wanting different things from you, um, how do you navigate, like, who of these people you invest into and, you know, how much you pour into them, like how much of your time and energy you would you know allocate for people um because i think one thing we all can like it's very important but sometimes we struggle with is energy management so um i wonder if you have any technical advice you can provide um any like personal rules or boundaries you apply um if you have an example you can share maybe some something positive or negative experience you've had in the past um, that would be great Thank you.
3: Wow, that's a great question, Eve. Um, So a couple things. Um, Yes, I have boundaries. And I can tell you that when you get to a point where you're allowing or you're enabling people to break boundaries with you and you learn from those experiences, it's a very, very tough Tough thing to to kind of settle yourself with. Um, I have an, I have experiences with people breaking boundaries with me. I would set boundaries and they would break them, and I would enable that behavior. I read a book. Um, you can write this down. Essentialism. Um, I tell everyone about it that I can that I can um, reach. Um, Essentialism. Greg McCowan, he wrote this book and I I did the Audible and I I think I've listened to it five times. A mentor gave it to me and basically that line where I said you can do anything you want but not all at the same time came up from that book. It talks about the power of saying no. Um, I'm a people pleaser. Uh, I want people to like me. I'm an introvert, I'm fed by my alone time Hence, being in the closet doesn't bother me at all. Um, The thing about boundaries is you have to understand your limits. Um, When I reach those limits, um, I have to make hard decisions and sometimes, even Will Smith talked about it in his book where the first time he told someone no, he just went home and cried about it. He literally went home and cried. And his book is very entertaining, by the way. Um, Essentialism is very academic and practical. You can put it into practice. Um, The lessons learned by Will Smith are very, not only entertaining, but valuable. His storytelling ability is just, bar none, one of the best. But if, if you have, I have a husband who helps me with my commitments and helps me understand when I'm overwhelmed, and when I need to take a step back, and that's very difficult to do, and it's very personal to who you are, so you have to really have the ability to look inside of yourself and decide what is valuable to you. When I'm looking at mentees, um, right now I have about five and I meet with them on a quarterly basis. So that's not a lot of time if you think about 30 minutes every quarter for five people. So I know what my maximum number would be. And if I get any, anywhere close to it, I start dialing it back. Um, sometimes those boundaries are professional related and you got to figure out how to talk to your leadership about it. That can be a very difficult conversation to have when you're you know, um, in a corporate environment or a business environment. So you have to do that with um, tact and professionalism and very delicately. So um, I've been able to navigate uh, a lot of very difficult situations and it was a positive result. Some have been negative. Uh, I can tell you um, they're not all the same. So you just have to navigate it, you know,
9: case by case. Thank you. And to follow up on that. So yeah, I understand if it's within your organization, I feel like there's already like a foundational level of trust. And like, it it is a bit easier to navigate. And what about people that just kind of reach out to you on LinkedIn, right? (laughs) And however, however, they found you, and, you know, they're bombarding you with questions. How do you handle that? So I literally had a gentleman
3: (laughs) see my tag at this conference and he said, I'm so sorry to ask you this, but my daughter is in your field and I saw your title. Can you mentor her? (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's, and LinkedIn can be very overwhelming. I pick and choose based on um, whether they're in the cyber field, whether they're looking to get in, and I tr- I try to read as much as I can, but you're right, LinkedIn is very difficult to manage, um, and I do my best. I'm not great at it, um, and if you have reached out to me on LinkedIn and I have not responded, I apologize right now. <laughs> I'm not good at it, um, but I try. I, I do my very best, and I don't get to all, um, to your point. Um, And and that's that's just the way the world works, right? Like it's a it's definitely who you know, and if you have a contact that you feel strongly about, and that has you know you have a relationship with, those are top priority. Um, People that you meet on the street, it's really how they talk to you. Um, This gentleman, you could just see the pride in his eyes, and you could see that he knew that she needed a strong female presence in her life and he spoke to me he literally just spoke to me so she's actually on my calendar in the next couple of months so it really just has to be individual based and i don't really have um, any advice about the volume Um, i don't get to everyone it's just not it's quite frankly it's just not possible but um if i have a relationship with you your top priority if you know me you're also a top priority and i, I try to balance as best i can and you don't mentor forever you know you you really need if you're mentoring today or you have a mentor you need to change it out you know at least once every other year or every
9: year that's a good yeah thank you
5: Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for popping up on stage and asking your question. And it's good to know that I'm not the only one that hasn't been able to get to all of the LinkedIn messages that I receive. Not like I receive hundreds, but I do receive some and it's hard to get to all of them. But, um, I hear you, Pam. I hear you. The struggle <laughs> is real.
1: The struggle is uh, real.
5: <laughs> yeah. Ryan, are you, uh, did you come back on stage? You got another question? Go ahead, Ryan.
1: I did, but I gotta say, right. This is like so timely. I mean, just being persistent, right? I sent you a LinkedIn message, you responded, you brought me here. And then like, you know, eventually you did give me some time to ask. So like, I don't know if that speaks for anyone else. that again, just got to give you kudos there. Um, persistence, right? But my question again now, and I think I've asked this a few times now, like Pam, just you know, curious again, I think before you said you came into security kicking and screaming if I heard you right when you were talking about your origin story. So just kind of curious when you decided maybe to be a CISO or how that opportunity kind of like, how did you realize that either you wanted to, that that was the right role for you? Um, What did you do to prepare? And if you could do your career all over again, is there like one thing you would change or do better or faster? Wow. Those a great question. <laughs>
3: um, first, kicking and screaming. Um, I was asked to come over to security um, because uh, the CISO and the deputy CISO at the time saw my leadership ability. And, you know, when you have an opportunity like that, um, typically you say yes um, when someone wants you to change careers. My apprehension was that I had no experience as a practitioner in security. I absolutely had infrastructure services. Um, I mean, I, I ran some of the largest accounts with sit calls and um, I ran an application development group, was on call 24-7 for 15 years. I think I mentioned that. So, and I literally, I, you know, the bank where I was, I was, the one that everyone forced to talk to the CISO, at, you know, at the time to negotiate changes and product changes, and you know, bringing in a new platform, um, really a new technology um, and a way of doing business. So um, I had experience with security, but I did not have a CISSP. I didn't have the credentials that. You know, the team that I was running had I was only a leader um, in IT, so I was apprehensive about leading a team where I had never performed the duties day to day. But what I what I experienced was beautiful. Um, it was a partnership between professionals that respected each other and took advantage of each other's skill sets to the point that we learned from each other and we built something amazing um, because of it. And so my apprehensive kicking and screaming, I was just like, what? You want me to do what? You know, security people are, you know, they're kind of weird and... (laughs) I, and I recognize I'm talking to security people. I've been a nerd my entire life. But I didn't understand them, and I didn't understand what they did every day. And it and it, it intimidated me, flat out intimidated me. Um, but I'd been in those situations before, and I respected the team when I met them, and... Today, I, I call those people my friends. Like, they're some of the best Sissos and deputy Sissos in the world. And I, I can tell you that they're strong leaders. And I think that I had a, a part to play in that. And I'm proud of that. Um, and they have taught me amazing, amazing concepts and perspectives that I would not have had. Would I change anything? I. I have regrets in my life. Um, my career is not one of them. Um, I I can tell you that I made choices for all the right reasons. I made choices to support my family. I made choices because someone asked me to that that loved me. And I have I have built a career on trying to do the right thing by as many people as I can. And I know that there are people out there in the world that I've either fired or laid off or had to make the the call, um, the hard decisions that would probably disagree with with me. Um, and I have to own that. And so those are the things in life that you, you look back on and you think, could you have done it better? Probably, um, I'm human, but I did the best I could with what I knew at the time and the budget, the, the cycles, the attention that um, I gave. So I think that my career is uh, unique. Uh, it's uh, certainly one that I've tried to do right by everybody around me, and I've probably failed miserably in certain cases, but I've definitely done the best that I can. And I think that's all you can ask of people.
5: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for uh, popping up on stage and asking your question. And thank you, Pam, for your response. Uh, So it is, it is uh, six minutes left uh, in the evening for this evening's uh, um, conversation with Pam. So if there's any questions from anybody in the audience uh, I did see a hand raised, but person is either not around or took a bathroom break, no bathroom breaks while we're doing the fireside chat, no bathroom breaks. Uh, But if anybody wants to pop up on stage and ask a question of Pam, uh, please raise your hand and we will bring you up on stage. If you're uh, relatively new in our fireside chat, uh, you can click the little green house on the top right, uh, sorry, left of your screen and you join our fireside chat. And when you do pop up on stage, uh, it's usually a good thing to mute yourself uh, so that we don't uh, hear the background noise. But uh, Nabil, I, uh, I just muted you. Feel free to unmute and ask your question.
9: Yeah, hi, great story, Pam. Uh, I would like to know a little bit more about the challenges that you had around handling a crisis, uh, like a big cyber crisis with the different parties that you had to interact with, like PR, uh, legal compliance and so on.
3: Yeah. Um... It's, it's, it's an orchestra <laughs> of sorts. Um, I think everybody plays a role in a situation like that and to allow people to perform in their role at the best of their abilities is really the crucial and the crux of, of what really matters in those situations. Um, I can tell you that um, I, I, I struggle when I talk to CISOs today to talk about you know the best the best laid plan um, to prepare for an incident like what I and others uh, have experienced it is it's difficult it is it is um, it's hard um, it's overwhelming and it works on your soul I'll, I'll tell you that it makes you it makes you question your abilities in ways that I can't even explain. Um, you know, it, it's not imposter syndrome. It's definitely you. You feel. You know, when you when you go to work every day and you want to protect a company, and you know, inevitably they're going to get in, and you're going to go through a situation like that. You just have to prepare the best you can and you have to have the roles laid out and you have to practice. Um, You practice, practice, practice and have a second, third, fourth string. I mean, you know, Tomas can tell you about that. Like, make sure you have people that can step in and all the roles that are required for a situation like that. And football games are a great analogy, right? You know they have a first, second, third string. so does so does hockey, right? Like and you you test those out um, time and time again, and you just prepare the best you can and you respond. And I was fortunate to have a lot of phenomenal, phenomenal people um, when I went through it. So it's 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 not easy. Um, preparation is key.
5: Thanks, Nabil. Thanks for popping up on stage and asking your question. Uh and obviously if you have any any further sort of questions on on that, I'm sure Pam wouldn't mind if you try to connect with her, uh maybe over LinkedIn. Um and if you you know Pam talks to CISOs and advises CISOs, so you know, it's part of her profession. So I'm sure that's uh, an opportunity if you wanted to exercise that. Uh Lisa came back for round two, coming back up on stage. Anything you wanna ask Pam again? Go.
8: Yeah, hi Pam. I got a kind of a simple question, but a hard one at the same time. It very simply, what's next for Pam? Uh, What do you want to accomplish over the next, say, three to five years, both personally and professionally?
3: You know, um, I chose Cisco intentionally. Um, I wanted to bring my experience to a company that had, the fuel and the power to make a difference. And so that's my focus, is to elevate the CISO's voice, to elevate our community, um, to educate, to really look to the next generation of security professionals and empower them, educate them, to to really look at like the deputies, CISOs, like to give back to our communities. And that's really our mission and what we do every day. And I'm proud to be on a team that is passionate about what we do. Um, So that's that's what I want, um, three to five years. I I do think that, you know, my son's four, Um, making sure that I am present, and I am managing my own boundaries, but really managing that security elevation and fighting that good fight. (laughs) Um, It sounds um, kitschy, Uh, I don't care. Um, You know, I want to be a part of the solution. I I want to be a voice in this community. And for a long time, I was silent. but I'm in a position now where I, I don't have to be anymore and I, I can help the community and really work, get my hands dirty and do the good work to make our community as powerful as we can be.
2: Great, thank you.
5: Thanks. thanks Lisa thanks for popping up on stage and asking your question um, and, and Pam we we definitely need you in this community we need your your voice we need more strong powerful women to uh, to continue to you know pay it uh, paved the way for, for others to join so uh, you know it's always a pleasure when I when I get a chance to chat with you uh, and I'm sure others would feel the same if they had the opportunity um, so thank you for, for everything that you're that you're working on and, and doing um, with that said, it is 9.31 p.m. Eastern time. I do want to be respectful of Pants High. I want to make sure that she gets out of that closet at the HEMS conference and not stay in there uh, because uh, we don't want her to be all claustrophobic. It's hilarious. And, and, uh, and uh, where is that conference at, by the way? What city is it in?
3: It's in Orlando. I call it Rat Town.
5: Can oh, I say bummer. that out loud?
3: Can I call bummer. it Rat Town. <laughs>
5: No, 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 no. Oh, Rat Town, because it is Disney. I got it. I get it. I'm with it. You see? Hey, I'm getting that Floridian swing slang come on, lingo.
2: No, please stop. Please stop.
5: <laughs> come on, Octavia. Come on. That was great. That was great. I didn't say Rat Town. I, I, I agree with her. I'm from, right. I'm from I'm Fort Lauderdale, as you all
2: know, and uh, I hate Orlando.
5: But yes,
3: no, it's been a great conference. I've met a lot <laughs> of interesting people. And I'm actually, uh, the people that have been interrupting me or the staff at the Grill. I should probably get out of their closet. <laughs> They're like,
5: uh, can you please leave our closet right now? <laughs> what are so you paying, doing, what was, the, what was the name of the book that you mentioned? I, I, I missed it. You mentioned it. Yeah. I wanted to add it on my audible list.
3: Yeah, it's Essentialism, Greg McCowan. Listen.
5: The, got it
3: the pursuit of doing less i think is the
5: subtitle oh, that's not, that speaks to <laughs> us the pursuit of doing less that speaks
2: can me. we can we have a book that talks about the pursuit of doing less dad jokes
5: That'd be great. Hey, Octavia, there's a uh, uh, great—I don't want to plug the person on on Instagram, but there is an actual dad jokes. uh, I know my Instagram page. There's a
2: book too. My son walks around saying them all the time.
5: It's not okay. Oh, it's—I gotta go look for that. That is my next uh, best. download anyway Pam I do want to ask you um sorry mods any final questions for for Pam before I get to uh I guess my typical last question no questions I
2: just want to say Pam you know thank you so much for just being honest and raw and very um transparent I think that's what we need especially for those who are um you know who have walked in your shoes and and have had those uh those hard conversations where people doubting them and you've overcome. So thank you for just being you.
3: Absolutely.
5: So, Pan, last question of the evening. If there was one piece of advice that you would give to the younger Pan, what would it be and why?
3: You're going to make a lot of mistakes but everything's going to be okay. I worry a lot, Tomas. I was a worrier as a child, worrier, worrier as an adult, um, but I've learned to kind of sit with, with life and, you know, take it as it comes and everything's going to be okay. You know, we're all in this together and you know, don't worry so much, you know, try things, experience, Fulfill your love of adventure and get out there and do great
5: things. Absolutely. Look, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough to uh, to continue to grow. So uh, those are opportunities to make sure that you're headed in a direction that is not the one that you just left. Uh, So learn from your mistakes and keep it keep moving forward. Uh, All right. Look, this is our this is our evening. Uh, I do want to take a moment uh, just really, really quickly to, so, to to obviously thank Pam for, for joining us this evening. Um, I want to also, uh, I would like to also remind everybody, we'll be back here next week. Again, we do this every Wednesday between 8 p.m. Eastern time and nine thirty p.m. Eastern time. We have pra- Prabhupada joining us the, next week. So please uh, tune into that conversation next week. Uh, you have all the details about Pam. If you want to sort of follow her, on LinkedIn, uh, I'm sure uh, feel free to do so. And if anybody on stage just said something that resonated with you, feel free to follow them. I don't usually say that, but I might as well just plug it since since we have that opportunity. Mod's um, final words before we kind of conclude.
0: I'd just like to thank Pam again because this has been a phenomenal conversation. I Um, So appreciate all of the um, tidbits and words of wisdom that you have and and your radical candor when it comes to some of the challenges that you face, some of the things that um, you worry about, (laughs) and also what you've learned um, having been in this profession um, for a while. So just thank you for giving of yourself so freely tonight and including us as part of your story. No problem. Thank you for having me.
5: Thanks, Pam. Have a great evening. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. Be well. And thank you, moderators. Thank you, everybody, for attending. Uh, Have a great evening. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye,
0: everyone.